neighbors, welcome to another just neighborly, congenial episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic, lawn care magic, HOA magic, neighborly care magic, who knows, we'll find out. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and guy who's a little too into blueprints. Alex Tandino. <laughs> All right, before today's uh, visit to the neighborhood, a little business, people. What are you waiting on? Go join us over on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. You know you're loving the show. God, I hope so. Don't make me look like a rube for coming out so hot. Guys, you know you love the show. You know it gets you sweaty, gets you a little little heated up when you hear our voices. You know you want more of that in your life. You want something to walk around as an armor of coolness. That's us, guys. Go over to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod for even more amazing content. For as little as a dollar a month, you come join the community, see what we're working on. Say hi to me and Alex and our awesome friends over there. Guys, you get access to vote on the movies you want to hear. Uh, specifically in Patreon-exclusive podcasts. We're doing feature-length commentary. We're dropping our Tales from the Crypt miniseries. Uh, Alex and I are working on a lot of fun new uh, content for you guys over there. Our patrons mean the world to us. They've shown us great support. So we're working extra hard to make sure that you guys uh, feel like we're earning that money, man. We know money uh, is not easy to come by, right? So we appreciate every single dollar. It makes a difference. Preach. We're working our asses off. Guys, you can even, if you go high enough in the tier ranking system, select the specific movies you want us to talk about. Guys, you want to be cool. We're cool. We're the neighbor who has the barbecue. You know, we got the Hawaiian shirt. We're playing Jimmy Buffett, but like you still think we could get it? You're still worried your wife's not going to come back from our lawn party? That's us, man. Come to this party. Bring your wife, and we will not do that because we're gentlemen. I don't know what's happening. That's it. Again, it's Patreon.com. What are you talking about? <laughs> slash Film Alchemist Pod. Slash Another Guy as Cool as Us. Patreon.com slash Film Alchemist Podcast. Guys, you can go to YouTube, subscribe to our channel, Film Alchemist. See the faces atop the Hawaiian See shirt. See the very trustworthy faces of your neighbors. <laughs> the definitely not terroristic definitely faces. Definitely not terrorists. Yeah. We're up to nothing. Literally. Guys, make sure you email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Wherever you find us, leave a rating and review. Five stars, a couple cents. You can do it on Spotify, uh, Apple Pod, wherever the hell you're finding podcasts. Right? I know there's a ton of apps now. Anywhere you can give us a five star and a couple sentences means the world to shows like us. Helps us defeat the algorithmic government that's got to pay for overstepping our our ability to reach the masses. We gonna get them. No, we're not. trying to start my own homegrown gun store. I don't understand. Also, as a, a partially Middle Eastern man who has a questionable Google search history, I want to make very clear. This is for entertainment's sake, and I do nothing except be American as fuck all the time, guys. Uh, so, NSA, sorry for all the shit you've had to watch me watch. Don't come after me. All right, guys, without further ado, enough <laughs> business. Let's let's get down to the nitty-gritty of uh, human relations. In today's bad neighbor film, Arlington Road. So Alex uh, selected Arlington Road, and I'm glad he did because I've actually never seen this movie until today. I, I actually really like it too, man. It's, it's fun to go in blind and not know the kind of conversation we're going to have 
It's one of those movies I'm actually shocked I never saw with my parents uh, in the time that these movies were coming out. This is kind yeah, of... This is 99. It is like a really yeah. popular time for like dad movies. Yeah, so to speak. it's like the airport uh, paperback with like an American yeah. flag on it yeah. as done by like a thriller movie, right? Yeah. A lot of Dean Koontz style films. A lot of that. A lot of Dean Koontz in it up. Um, you know, but this movie is tense. It's fun. It has really good performances. It really milks that, you know... Uh, inversion of the norman rockwell vision of uh you know white topias right out in the birds right getting out far right. away from bad stuff and then uh-oh it's not so good so alex when we were picking our films for bad neighbor month what mm -hmm. made arlington road uh rude road ruads roads yeah. uh rise to the top <laughs> oh i mean it's like the perfect bad neighbor like scenario like it literally is like Hey, what's worse than having a neighbor that will like, you know, oh, keep you up all night and, you know, play loud music and have horrible parties? How about one that'll definitely frame you for terror attacks? Like those kinds yeah. of things. Now, I got to say, this is the thing that <laughs> fucking caught me off guard, right? Because you're like, this is a pretty paint by numbers kind of narrative, right? Yeah. Guy who uh, teaches a terrorism class happens to get, you know, the Zillow bomb of the century with the actual terrorist. Right. Uh, moving in next door and you're like, all right, we, we see where these, you know, strangers on a train are heading. Right. We right. know that destination. This movie makes some fucking wild choices by the end of it. Um, I'll tell you one thing. It was strange to go back and watch an era where we were worried about actual white people terrorists. Like that was something that happened in the news and then in fantasy. Yeah. Because now it feels like we're not allowed to call these people terrorists, which they definitely are. Well, yeah. Now we're just in a situation where we're, um, you know, we're just watching it on the news and everyone's like, oh, but they're not terrorists. They're just, they're no. fighting. They're, they're, they're standing up for themselves. Like, nope. That's... They're not terrorists. They just have Facebook accounts and they're no media terrorists. literacy. They just yeah. have Facebook accounts and, <laughs> you know, size 50 waists. It's different. Yeah. It's very. <laughs> hey. Leave our people alone. <laughs> the waste, the waste, not the other stuff. NSA, I'm sorry. God damn. Got that, My got Syrian that, got heritage. Is, yeah, red flag, Syrian heritage. But yeah. Uh, what what I'm trying to get across, though, right, is it, when you do most movies that have terrorism, mm -hmm. it's your, your kind of run-of-the-mill, not well, white people, right? And especially watching this in the post-insurrection world. Yes. Uh, I just watched a video on Twitter tonight. It blew my mind, right? This guy, he brought a gun to a Little League game. And some oh, mom that. got the footage yeah. of, you know, the kids cowering and shit on the, you know, in this horrifying reality we live in. It was kind of strange to see a movie that actually put a pin on it. Right. Because yeah. this was obviously a reaction to the Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah, right? this is very much in the this is very much in the wake. I mean, not in the wake, obviously, that happened many, uh, not many years, but a few years prior. But this very much ends the idea that, like, what if Timothy yeah. McVeigh lived next door to you? Like, how would you? Yeah. Or who actually was the big man? Like, the big story throughout and, like, one of the major through lines of, like, thinking through the movie is that um, terrorism, like, domestic terrorists are uh, lone actors, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It's something that comes up a lot in the movie and um, something that uh, they blame the media for, actually, which is kind of interesting. There's a lot of, like, these, like, sort of, like, hey – it's not a matter of like, it's like, there's a lot of, you didn't get all the information. And I think yeah. for a movie that is examining this kind of thing, it also, 
in any other like iteration of this, you would bury the lead pretty hard that Tim Robbins is an actual domestic terrorist. They don't in this movie. No, the tight, like the (laughs) tightrope walk you have to do to maintain interest is really, it actually is done really well. Like it's very interesting (laughs) because again, like you're just like, he's so obviously like Timothy McVeigh. I don't understand why we're even standing here. Like, call someone and tell like hey yeah it it really hit me in my sweet spot as like a guy in a neighborhood now because i do that thing right where i like wake up all hung over i'm like still covered in taco bell grease and i look right. out my window and there's like a couple jogging and just like fucking pedophiles right? yeah. like i just start hurling and lobbing accusations right like if someone's out mowing before i like roll out of bed I'm just like goddamn Satan right. worship. Well, I mean the whole <laughs> I mean the whole movie is the whole movie's baked in this like paranoia grease, so to speak, to go with the pro- <laughs> to go to go along with the analogy. That's my favorite kind of grease. It is just like, grease. This like baked in paranoia because so uh, uh oh Jeff Brid- so Jeff Bridges plays this mm-hmm. guy who he's he's a I, I he's not I mean, they don't teach like terror class in colleges, but not really. Like, he's just a hit- he's a history professor essentially, um, dealing a lot in modern history. And so you find out early on that his wife very recently passed away. She was she was an FBI agent. She was actually murdered in the field um, while trying to. They it's it's unclear to me until like, like obviously he does like the field trip thing. It's like a search and seizure, right? I've got. Some beefs with the scene where his wife dies. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that. But like, uh. basically, he. But this is where the paranoia starts. This is where I think it's really, it does a really good job of. Because again, like, it is very much like a by the numbers thing. Like, nothing's not on Front Street. But yeah. what's interesting about the movie is it does do this really good job of giving. Giving you a lot of pause with Jeff Bridges' character because he does have this like baked in resentment of law enforcement, of the FBI. Like, you're like, maybe he is just so fucking wound so fucking tight from being a newly single, you know, newly widowed father, not single, but widowed father. And, um, you know, like maybe he's just seeing things that aren't there. Yeah. Well, I think the best thrillers always function on a we know. The character knows, and the tension is the fact that no one will believe them, right. and no one will help them, totally. right? Absolutely. And that's that's where this movie falls, because even when he's saying it out loud, it seems insane, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's just statistically improbable you live next to this guy, right? And, mm-hmm. again, just the whole high concept of it, right? That, oh, you happen to teach anti-terrorism. Oh, your wife was shot down from the fucking X-Files home episode family. Like, okay. Right. By the way, all right, let's just do this now because fuck this scene. <laughs> I got to say. So the movie portrayed Jeff Bridges takes him out on a field trip. And I'm like, am I getting what? extra credit for this fucking yeah. like By the way, one hour of commuting? I don't know about you, but in college, I never went on field trips. Like that was not a thing we did. Well, first off, I would skip a class. I would have just regularly, trip, let alone if it's like, hey, will you commute three hours to the boonies where people shoot you for coming near their fence line yeah, I uh, said, to no, hear me gone. talk about my wife's tale? And I'd be like, uh, hard pass, professor. If you want to send me like a, a slideshow, I will scroll through it. Uh, but anywho, the, the, the beef of this, right, is that he wants the agents and agency and government to tell him 
that they were wrong and that his wife didn't deserve right. to die, right? There's a scene when he's saying this in front of Tim Robbins and he breaks down, right? And he's weeping. Um, you know, it still hurts, right? He just he wants he wants that thing that everyone who loses someone wants, right? You want an answer. And mm-hmm. there's just no good reason why people die like this, right? It's just a sad fucking reality. And so we're like, all right, you feel like you understand. Well, then they decide on this field trip to fucking show us what happened. And it's such an unacceptable series of events. Yeah, it always is one of those, like, it's always one of those things. Because, again, the movie does such a good job of, like, putting everything on front street, but also making you question. This is the one part you're like, no one's going to accept. Like, you're telling me the FBI wouldn't go, we really fucked up. We're really sorry. Like, this was not a great But not only that, right? So, first off, you see uh, the fucking banjo boy coming back with his fishing rod. And you're just like, hey, kitty, kitty, kitty. Like, they're a bunch of fucking, like, van drivers. Right. And it's like, wait, what? And then well, he runs. The agents, like, fucking park over the fence. This is where it gets strange. Uh, what they on. want us to believe <laughs> is that this is a, a family that is hoarding over 100 yeah, he, firearms, the right? Father, Newly acquired. The father has, like, the father is an anti-government person, but he's, like, he's had no love for the government, but basically he acquired... He inherited, of, inher- yeah. He well, he inherited a uh, an estate, and so he bought a bunch of guns, yeah. With the intention- got his license and was going to sell them, right? Yes. Fine. Let's say all that's okay. The fact that they want us to Jeff Bridges makes a thing like that. This is just a good old American right. Is that if people come over your fence, your ten year old is supposed to get a fucking gigantic gun and start just fucking slagging human beings. Right. Or the fact that the FBI agents were just like, we're going to draw down on that 10 year old. Well, I'm watching this and I my eyes were just saucer wide. I was well, like, this wait, is wait, also wait, like, wait, wait, wait. This is that part of the night. Like it's like 97 to 99. There was this like sort of like uh, <laughs> there was just this sort of moment of like, can we shoot kids on film? All right, let's just do it. Like face off. This one face <laughs> off. Like there's these there's these moments well, you're like, oh, I guess we're just doing this. But I think there there are some real scenes like Waco happened. There's the one sure, in uh, you know, the northwest. This stuff right? happened. The northwest one. Yeah. yeah. Like, but hang on, I have to backtrack up one. Like, there's one other. Like, it starts glaringly illogical. Okay, because you have two plainclothes FBI agents who are just like, hey, we want to talk to your dad, and literally it cuts to the two clearly military individuals with earpieces and then you're just like what kid who's been raised in a world of suspicion would not be suspicious of these people that are coming to like we just want to talk to your dad no well this is the problem when we allowed people to just recreationally start wearing camouflage we never should have let the fucking people of this country if you're wearing camouflage you should be prepared for war Right, you should not be at Walmart buying Miller Lite and talking about the big game and flip flops. Yeah, this is what happened. We blurred the lines to where we don't see that as oh, these are soldiers, right, who are here from an established pillar of society. Now we're just like, well, that could be our fucking neighbors because this is the style that we've adopted. Right, we want our legs to be see through and invisible. Side note, it's unacceptable. I had this pair of uh, camo shorts that I used to wear when Griffey and I worked out at Wipeout, and every time I wore them, Griffey would be like, oh, I blended into the scenery, huh? Every time. <laughs> Without fail. I, I never miss an easy one. But <laughs> every, no, it's... every day when we were working. So as stupid as this scene gets, right, and they just start fucking wasting children, the just kid, blown the older away. son, 
is such a good marksman, he shoots the one soldier in both of his shins. Yeah. But doesn't actually go for the doesn't kill shot, I kill guess. Him. They waste the 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. The fucking scene, though, right, is that so in the middle of this firefight, Jeff Bridges' wife slides over to just hold a guy's head as he's shot. I guess that's the thing you do. She turns around. There's this lady in a sundress holding a baby. Holding a baby with, with a, just like a, a sawed-off shotgun. Like a Terminator 2 shotgun, right? Where Arnold's like riding the bike. Shotgun, yeah. And I was like, if you fire that by that baby, its head's going to explode from the sound. Right? Your arm's going to rip back. Like, you're, he's going to fall and be deformed baby, whatever this kid is. And I was just like, it is madness to me that Jeff Bridges is just saying this is like, these were just good old Americans. No one who's just a good old American is holding their baby in one hand while you're out, I don't know, whatever you're doing in a sundress, right? Well, Walking, what it is is picking like, flowers, and you're like, oh, here's my fucking salt off. What it is is the worst example of what exactly he, what exactly the movie is trying to say, which is like, you can't just be suspicious of everyone's like, no, you totally should be like you would. Right. Like, well, I feel like that's what that scene is trying to tell us. And terrible. The rest example. of the movie is undercutting that completely. Well, yeah. Like it's like it's like watching a documentary about Dahmer and be like, you know, some people just eat weird meat. Like, no, that's yeah. like completely off. Like, no, you're off the reservation when you're eating people. It's a very different. Not thing. only that, look at how much work Jeff Bridges has to do into stalking his neighbor. Like Dude, this was it. Way too he much. had. This movie must take place over months. He had to write a letter or call someone at Kansas State University and say, hey, can you find a yearbook from this year and mail it to me? How long do you think that took? Okay. You think someone's going to, like, fucking hop to and go? He's looking at microfiche newspapers? The other thing I love about that, by the way, is so he gets the – this is, like, the big confrontation scene when Tim Robbins, like – he basically – this is where Tim Robbins basically – dimes himself out he says exactly what's going on you're like cool we get it now but the um yearbook photo that is in that in that yearbook (laughs) of tim robbins the face is like i i could not again this is like a serious scene in the movie where the guy like the domestic terrorist literally explains his way of life and how he feels about everything like lays it all out for you Fully distracted at the top by this guy who has the worst yearbook photo of all time. I'm like, like that is not what I think that, about. Not the speech that. If you're going to be spying on your neighbor who you think's a terrorist, don't do it in a folding Why chair. Do and it fall in your asleep. fucking lawn. Good Go Lord. up to your your fucking office. Go to your do office. it in a garage. Right. Go in your garage. It's yeah, Virginia, this guy do it in a basement. <laughs> this guy wanted to get busted, but. I mean, this movie, for how fun it is, this movie has a baffling logic to it, right? Because <laughs> apparently Tim Robbins is not actually a terrorist. Tim Robbins is a recruiter of terrorists. Yes. So Tim Robbins somehow has to find people that have been wronged by the government, move in as their neighbors. I still don't know if the opening of the film, if we're supposed to believe that Tim Robbins blew his son's hand up, or if that was a lucky dink. To get the fucking neighbor back over, right? Uh, but essentially, yeah, the idea that he is finding this guy and luring him into terrorism, that I was not prepared for, right? If this was a, this guy's a bomber and I got to stop him. Yeah. That I can follow the, are you getting fucking groomed? Yeah. To fucking well, be the terror? Because you start to get hints of it, right? Well, you're. it's not that you're, you're just getting set up. Like, you're getting played really hard. But 
there, there's one thing to be played, right? The the logical leaps that have to occur <laughs> for this to go down. Like one, you have to know that he rented a car, mm-hmm. know that he's gonna follow. Like the the FBI guy's gonna tell him where the payphone was, because they had no way of knowing that that had happened, right? So from that payphone, you have to time the van so that he follows you to Liberty. Then you have to do the hey, we're gonna go over here, match it with another Liberty. And then hope that the guys at the FBI guard shack, right, aren't going to, like, stop him and that he's going to fucking do a ramp over, right? This meek college professor is going to do a ramp over. The The amount of steps that have to occur for this to happen, besides the fact there are two huge fucking loose threads at the end of this, right? One, the neighbor who he's told, like, ten people is a terrorist have his kid, Right? Never done crimes before. He literally went to the FBI agent and said, hey, man, can you run these names? This guy's a terrorist. Yeah. Presumably, the FBI agent would have access to all of the fucking research that he did and via also, the like, mail. also, so clearly be able to say, oh, yeah, that guy's flagged. Cool. <laughs> so- the FBI terrorism guy just goes, are you talking about the pipe bomb thing? Come on. You're like... Yeah, that's not a red flag at all. That's not a big deal that he tried to fucking pipe bomb a government agency. No it's big deal. It's just such a weird, like, again, <laughs> it's this movie and it's this movie about, like, the ineptitude of, like, it's not even big government, but, like, the ineptitude of, like, the ineptitude of law enforcement as it's supposed to actually function versus, like, what, is this a movie, some though, gentleman right? gumshoe who got what? his hands on a terrible yearbook photo and found I, out this guy was a terrorist <laughs> well played we're not gonna do anything but well played i <laughs> i will watch the netflix show of that no uh i think this gets to this idea right he talks about his first thing right we see mcveigh and the unabomber yeah <laughs> actually we don't see mcveigh they fictionalize him as no a no the, it's, it's um a guy named ian scoby i believe Right, and he blew up a building and killed a daycare and shit, just like in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I think what this movie's getting at, though, right, is there's a couple of these kind of big things swirling around in the film, right? And one is that he even says that, right, at a time, because the 90s was a time of prosperity, right, as I remember, right? Everything was good, balancing the budget, all that kind of bullshit you'd hear about, right, from your parents. At a time when we are the wealthiest and most stable and safe that we've ever been, why are so many of these fucking middle-class white guys falling off the grid and becoming so fucking anti-government? Right. And I think one of the things that the movie's doing with Tim Robbins, who, of course, has already bl- played a cold-blooded killer in Shawshank Redemption, is they're just... It can't be that guy. It can't right. be the white guy with kids who has a minivan who lives next door to me. We are unable to accept that danger can be that close to us because right. it forces us into decision, right? The same thing he said about Scobie is the reason that they rush investigations and just want to say one guy can do this is because as soon as we name it, we can fucking forget about it. And I think that's actually a really fascinating subplot of this movie that has become so much fucking scarier today, right? Because those people the Tim Robbins of the world, they're not having terrorist barbecues now with like winks and knocks and handshakes. Right. They're just online. Yeah. And they're doing this shit out loud for all of us to see at all times. Um, And it is kind of scary, right? Cause there is a line in the movie where he goes, what does this look like? 
you know, as it keeps going. And I was like, now. Yeah. It looks a lot like fucking now. Absolutely. And I thought I thought that was chilling, right? Like that that part of the movie really aged well. Yeah. I think that part of the movie really ages well, but like and again, this is the showing all your cards that like within the first like forty five minutes of the movie, you're like, All right, what 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 surprises may be left? Well, they even go so far as like when he drops his kid off at like the little rascals retreat or whatever. Yeah. Uh what Tim it? Robbins waves at him and he literally does the fucking Nazi sign and then just does like a little twist at the top, and I'm like, We get it. We yeah. fucking get it. Stop. But here's like this is this is what I was getting at though is the secret <laughs> weapon of this movie is Joan Cusack. Fucking Joan Cusack. Because here's like Joan Cusack has never weapon of mass awesomeness. Joan Cusack has never been anything other than genial and lovely in any movie she's been in, except I, for the Adams Family. Except for the Adams Family, she was part built one, that way. Part one. Was it? I thought it was Adams Family Values. Either way, I think that's the one where they get fester back right he'd been lost in the bermuda triangle and she's trying to or no that is part two where she part tries two, to marry him, family him. Where she tries to marry him okay nice well well done so <laughs> here's like but like okay this one so she plays tim robbins wife or whatever they are as you find out like whatever sort of arrangement they have but the scene that all the scene that scared the shit out of me is like the if I remember the first time i saw this i think i was watching it for a class i don't remember what class it was it probably walking through the woods terrorism 101 no <laughs> it was it was honestly like a film study class i, I honestly don't remember why, why i saw it <laughs> but either way um so joan cusack has uh hope davis plays uh jeff bridge's girlfriend in the movie and she's Basically, we all spend the first 45 minutes of the movie watching people just go, dude, you are out of your mind, Jeff Bridges. Like, he's not a terrorist. Leave him alone. He's just your new fucking neighbor, and you don't like people. Like, he's an emotional terrorist. So, like, can you stop soliloquying about your dead wife yeah, and your girlfriend's who presence? Who cares, dude? So, if you weren't ready, don't start dating your TA. Hope, yeah, so Hope Davis, <laughs> the TA, who you're definitely not supposed to do that with, whatever. She's like, she, not back then, but now it's like, sure. She starts, she starts, she does like a follow for um, Tim Robbins. She catches him in a mall. She catches him lot. in a mall parking lot, like um, changing vehicles. Yeah. She's just there doing her fucking shopping at the mall and they don't even hide the fucking handoff. No, they don't. They're in plain sight. But here's like, this is the, <laughs> but this is the Joan Cusack moment that like, honestly, like the first time I saw it and today I watched it again and also chilling like literally down my spine shivers was she calls him from the payphone she's like i think you're right oh my god i'll be home soon oh my god hangs it up and joan key's actually standing right there and they're having like the very normal like very normal conversation that you would have with like hey what are you doing here oh you know shopping and then joan cusack's face drops and you know like, that's when you know for sure. Like, you knew for sure the entire yeah. time, but you weren't entirely... Like, the Joan Cusack face drop scares the shit out of me every single time. Well, the, these these terrorists in this family, they're like uh, the butler from Mr. Deeds. Betty Sneaky, Betty, Betty Sneaky. Betty Sneaky. Betty yeah, sneaky. He, he fucking walks into him on the microfiche room yeah. on campus, and I was like, close the door. What's your fucking problem? Like, they always are just doing the old pop-up, right? 
Like, was Tim Robbins just, like, looking through a knot hole in the fence to see when he pulled the yearbook out? And he's like, all right, I'm going to get him now. I'll let him fall asleep, and then I'll kick a chair and act all rough and be tough. Uh, it, Dude, they're so betty, betty sneaky. But I'll tell you, Joan Cusack's amazing. If I had a beef, this movie needs more Joan Cusack. Because that scene when she's Absolutely. buttering him up at the end of the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about where do you get your values from. You're like, oh, this is like a neighbor conversation that I've been in. Yeah. Where, like, you'll say something as a joke, and then all of a sudden you'll, like, see your neighbors, like, react. And you're like, oh, yeah, we don't share politics, right? Like, we don't share worldviews and this and that. We live together. Our kids play together. So we're all, like, on the same page, you think. And then that thing will hit, and you'll see the ripple, and you're like, oh, and you're like, when they go home tonight, they're going to be like, that fucking Griffey guy's such a cunt. I can't believe he said this and this and this. Right. And you're like, okay. So you forget, right? You build these relationships on you just come out in the morning and wave and hi. Totally. We're all in proximity, so we have to be friends. <laughs> See, I'm dying thinking about it. But you never know, right? And so that scene gave me chills, too, because I'm like, oh, she's fucking, she's prodding to see if he's yeah. one of them. She wants right? to know so that she, if she, it's like, See, that's and that's the other part, too, is like it's not just recruitment. It's also this sense of like, is this person going to be a good setup? Well, let me ask you this. Right. Do you think that they move to that house trying to get Jeff Bridges or that in the scene when he breaks down crying? That's when they decide they can get him. I think it's the latter, personally. I don't think it has anything to like. Jeff Bridges is a great patsy because he has a he has very strong motive, so you can throw the scent off of your own mis misdoings if you have a guy who literally lost his wife on the job on her government job, mm-hmm. and no one's willing to say sorry about it. it makes sense. I mean, like you have a disgruntled person, right. a disgruntled man. They say it at the end of the movie. I love the like we can get to that later. But um, that's another thing I forgot to mention in the uh worst FBI partner of all time who probably did get his wife killed because he's an idiot. Oh wit. How yeah. did how did they not figure out he didn't run back and do the SCOBY thing and be like, Oh, there was a little kid named Lang in the troop and okay. Like, come on guys, come on. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think there's something to that scene that's very very real, man. It's weird to think about breaking down and being fully honest with your neighbors. As much as you talk, I feel like there's so much of that, like Stepford Wives, like fronting. You're totally. so very rarely all the way open because you just never know, man. You never Absolutely. know, and you don't want to make it weird as fuck. Like, hey, remember when I cried at your house last week? Uh, now we have to talk while our kids fucking throw rocks at each other. This is great. This is wonderful. I love it. Uh, so yeah, man, it sent chills down my spine. Also, uh, the little fucking children of the damned kids. Horrifying. Yeah. Okay. Do you think he blew his son's hand up or that his son found some of his explosions? I think his son found some of his explosions. Cause that's another one where you're like, shouldn't a cop be able to get to the bottom of this pretty fucking quick? I mean, again, like the, the biggest logic problem in this movie is like, there is nothing that is preventing law enforcement from just hunkering down on these guys and wacoing them out of their house. Yeah. And yet it's like, yeah, they seem normal to me. It's fine. Well, just the FBI guy. that's like, sorry, I got your wife murdered. Also, fuck you. I'm not going to help you with yeah, anything. I'm not helping you with anything. <laughs> you granted. It'd be great for my career to bust a terrorist, but also I just kind of want to keep 
making it worse for you. Yeah. Like, you know, you come to visit your wife's uh, grave. I'm just going to do a pop in. I'm going to do a pop in and rub it in your face. Like, what? What are you doing? There's this real, like, sentiment of. And again, because eventually, like, 35 minutes into the movie, we stop thinking Jeff Bridges is just, like, looking for trouble. And we're like, oh, shit. There's actually something going on here. Mm-hmm. Like, and there, but there is this prevailing sentiment of, and I don't understand why they do this in the movie. Because this is always something that bothers me. Is like, it is this oneness of Jeff Bridges' character, like trying to just solve it on his own. I'm like, hey, Karen of the neighborhood, don't take it upon yourself. He tried to ask for a terrorist specialist from the FBI. But see, here's and the, the guy problem: said, is like, Fuck don't off. go. But that's the other thing too, though. Like. And this is part of, this is also part of this like logic gap of like happenstance. Like, well, we all knew that was going to happen. Is because like Tim Robbins, there has to be some sort of supernatural non, like he like there's just no way Tim Robinson like mentally tell him to go to the FBI. Because like you could just go to the cops who don't even know you and just be like, hey, I'm pretty sure he this knows guy's got a shit. guy at the FBI. Here's the one where you're like, this is like insanity. How did they kill his girlfriend? That is not a very steep hill where she rolled down that hill. You're like, I could do that in the Prius. I could get down that hill just fine. I probably couldn't go fast enough to break through the barrier, but how the fuck did she die in there? I assume Joan. I've always assumed that it was Joan Cusack, like beating her and then throwing her down. Right. That's what I'm saying. But that's the kind of shit. It's not burning car. That should be autopsyable. So hopefully after the movie ends, there will be some. We're going to get in the wind. But like, but then we see like a time jump and it feels like the terrorist of one. Right. Because the movie wants us to be scared and afraid of all of our fucking white neighbors. Uh, That's just how it's going to go. Yeah. (laughs) But no, I'm just saying that's a scene where I'm like, that should be a little more important. Right. That, oh, man, his kid was gone. He's looking for his kid in a van, right? He went to the van crazy and said, my kid, my kid. His kid was gone with the guy he said was a terrorist who has multiple names. He tried to blow up an agency. His girlfriend definitely died. He definitely got a mysterious payphone call from them the night she died. No, I'm not seeing anything. All right, there's no breadcrumbs for me. Like Hansel and Gretel are just like, I'm fucking hungry. Can we just eat the breadcrumbs? There's no witches in these woods. That's poppycock. Right. It's a <laughs> it is a baffling. But the scene when he goes to the house and he's like, yeah, I locked myself out. Right. He's got to go in. And the little girls are just like the most mean mugging little kids you've ever seen. Right. right like right. I'm like, oh, so they're already terrorists. Yeah. The little girl's like three years old. She's already got terrorist face. But when he leaves, Joe Cusack face. bust him. Yeah. Resting terrorist face. Yeah. And Joe Cusack bust him right in the study. And he's, you know, oh, I lock my keys, blah, blah, blah. and the girl comes out and she's like, oh, you forgot your bag. And the little girl goes, and your phone. And she's like seven years old. And I was like, oh, my God. No, it was that family creeped the fuck out of me. Like, that should have been a pretty like you should not. I wouldn't let my kid go over there. I don't need the terrorist shit. Just we'll like, see. And here's the other thing. Though, those kids. There's a level. Like, I also don't think that they were just the kids. Like, because you think they're little operatives. You're doing an orphan thing. Oh, well, I think the end of the movie tells us that, doesn't it? Little Esters? Yeah. I think they fucked and made their own kids as part of their cover story. I think one of them is their own kid. 
like I think the boy with his hand blown off is their own kid. I think yeah. the other I this is why because the way this movie because <laughs> because of the way this movie ends. Like for one, okay. for one, I don't un, okay when he crashes into the FBI building to like prevent the van from blowing everyone up and he realizes he's been had the lighting effects i've never understood why that happens like it's just the weirdest flare flare it is very like oddly dramatic (laughs) and it is also this like awesome time capsule of like 90s filmmaking you're like if anybody did that in 2022 like get the fuck out of here like it would have to be like super surreal but (laughs) at the end of the movie the the boy has already been going to is it discoverers is that the group yeah the boy's already been going to the discoverer camp he's already been learning these new things how do we know that the, like they've just taken him they've recruited him he's gone he's gone in the wind this is another they're building their army that's all i thought that's all i've assumed the i think entire- he recruited someone else's kid but i think those are his actual kids i think he's recruited all those kids you like, who's just to, picking him up as he goes? Who's to say he hasn't pulled this fucking flim flam once or twice before? I think he's done this flim flam at least twice. I think this flim flam has been going on for, for, for a long time. He's got three kids. I don't know. I, what I'm saying is I think, you think that, terrorists don't fuck like they're too professional on the job. No, no, that's not what I'm getting. Yeah. What I'm saying is that I think she's that, just like, don't put that wick in this C4. The yeah. explosion could bring our whole operation down. <laughs> But well, I don't want to catch feels, you know. That's the big thing. Can't catch he's feels. Like, he's like, I'm too reckless of a terrorist. I can't be caught with a condom. Listen, He'll ruin you can't my catch feels friend. in the. T- you can't catch feels in the domestic terror game. Everyone knows that. Um, I'm not gonna blow up in a condom. I only blow things up with his collateral damage. <laughs> so maybe like you know, on the face or chest area. But don't don't like it. We're full of hate and piss and vinegar. <laughs> but. Like to She's me, like, don't don't steal my heart like the government stole your paws, Crick. <laughs> oh my. Okay, yeah. Also, he said Crick. I was like, come on, man. I like that because that is specifically an Indiana thing. That is an thing. Indiana thing, man. I think it's a whole Midwest, but like my mother-in-law says Crick and Poosh and Warsh. So like we have some of those Midwestern affectations. I, sure. I thought that was funny. But ultimately, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like for me, it's. For me, the ultimate thing is you find that like Tim Robbins bit is he finds a target, someone who he can who someone who's going to be not just a solid patsy, but someone who has no way of like because look, the girlfriend's gone. She could have spoken. Wit thinks he's a crazy person anyways. Um, and now the boy does, too. The boy is convinced that his father was a domestic terrorist the entire time. I do wonder that kind of bothered me by the end. I think the trying to like outsmart the room mm-hmm. and I'm going to make my neighbor a terrorist didn't add a lot for me, right? The just I'm a fucking terrorist and at the end I'm going to like sneak this bomb in your car. Like that's enough, right? We don't need to see that the news is like just so happy to name someone so that we think, you know, it's like the version of the Halloween ending where we hear Michael breathing and just see shots of happy right. suburban well, life. Well, that is like the... that. I mean, it's just because it, it's one of those weird things. It makes for a good ending, but then you like start going back through the rest of the film and it just makes everything so far. Well, that's what kind of blows the social commentary for me. Because like originally it's just an interesting, it's an interesting, it's an aside. You're like, oh, wow, I never thought about that. Like you always assume these guys don't work alone, but like. We do usually just blame one person for all this, don't we? Like, this is kind of a more, 
that is a nuanced thing that I don't think any of us, like particularly right. the media, we always need to have a bad guy, you know? Yeah. So Well, also, like, Ted Kaczynski lived alone in the woods, right? So you're like, well, yeah, of course that guy's deranged. Yeah. When it's your neighbor and you're like, wow, he plays soccer in the front yard and he's got a job and, you know, he has dinners and fucking barbecues and shit. Like, to think yeah. that that kind of a fucking guy... Right. It's like the Superman thing. Right. That why would Superman just pretend to be a square? Right. right? Why wouldn't Superman be like, oh, yeah, I'm like a guy who owns a karaoke bar. Right. Right. And I'm just going to like it's all karaoke's and pasties in well, here. Like, Come over to Clark's. It's always the beat, Clark's like, boob shack. Like that. Hi <laughs> that like hiding in plain sight thing yeah. is what they're trying to do through most of the movie. But again, the anyone who met that seven-year-old girl would know something's wrong well like yeah exactly like the logic leap though in hiding in plain sight is like okay yeah. but like what you can't do is be literally like googleable with a fucking you know i mean looking up a fucking <laughs> the worst yearbook photo ever like no one should be able to do that. Also, not Google. You had to do like snail no, no, mail research. You had to do actually snail mail back then. So like, somewhere he had to really hate this guy. Yeah. Some somewhere deep in him, he hated him before, and he knew. Interesting. I never thought about it that way. You think he actually knew Jeff Bridges beforehand? No, I think he just hated him. I think he was like getting shown up, right? Because what's the thing? What if? Okay. <laughs> it's it's when he tells him. At the batting cages, right? Where he's like, yeah, I talked to your son about his dead mom yeah. and how the government should pay. And I think Jeff Bridges right there is like, this guy sucks and I need to find a wedge issue what to if? pry him out of my life. I think right. that's the moment he's like, I will go okay. to any amount. That guy had to go to the post office like 15 times. Right. Okay. Here's a question for you. And I want to know. Yeah. I, I, this is important. <laughs> as important as Arlington Road can be. <laughs> um. Did I do anything terrible when I was 16? No, I'm not going to let you give the speech. Do you do you think that do you think that Tim Robbins character obviously he knew of Jeff Bridges beforehand, like knew who he was, understood the circumstances of like his wife's death, that kind of thing. Yeah. Do you think he found out though not through the paper but through the uh the Pappy's land, the, those folks that were hoarding the guns. So here, here's an aside, right? Mm. There's a part when Jeff Bridges is beating him up in that like fuck shack by the parking garage, yeah, right? Definitely, where he stops an, definitely an F shack. And he goes, yeah, that's like a creepy F shack. And he goes, I sent your wife to her death. And they also say, daddy wasn't home, right? We never see the man who's on the fucking place. So if he was part of the terrorist cell and that whole family were terrorists, right? Right, right. And it was this fucking elaborate ruse, right? Because if he sent her there and wasn't there and it was this big fucking frame up, that's really strange, but it's not like an impossible leap of logic no. based on other leaps of logic in the film. <laughs> Tim yes. Robbins specifically says, I sent your wife to her death, right? We know that Jeff Bridges earlier in the movie, right? She died for her country. Well, she mm -hmm. shouldn't have, right? I think there's a part where, if not finding specifically, that in that moment, he saw that that guy, right? An anti-terrorism professor. Right. Who just had his wife killed in this fucking, like, blown raid. Mm -hmm. For sure makes a target, right? 
then you have to wonder how long did the terrorist cell have to sit on fucking realtor.com to find a listing across the street from this guy. Did they fucking kill the neighbors? Like, whatever, right? They're killing people willy-nilly. Right. But he specifically said he was involved in the wife's murder. So that's why I think this whole movie is they're there specifically for Jeff Bridges, which makes well, me think that they fucked the kid up on purpose at the start of the movie. Well, they definitely fucked the kid up. Oh, that's, oh, that's a good point. Hmm. Or, that's But then Tim Robbins kind of like, you saved my son, I want to return the favor. Maybe that was serendipitous. Because they had lived there for two months beforehand. Well, you got to establish a baseline. I mean, for me, I mean, I think the other reason that Jeff Bridges was such a great target was because they knew that he was still connected to the FBI. They knew he could get in without. See, that's like when he barrels down into the into the parking garage. Like the only one unauthorized to be here is you, Jeff yeah. Bridges. You're yeah. Like, oh shit! Like this is a whole thing. Like I. Uh, that that to me has always struck me as like okay this that's the only part that kind of starts to tie things together because again most of it is insane logic leaps but that really <laughs> that beat is like all right i'll give you that like that that can get you there yeah but it's 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 that kind of moment right where i think they lay it out pretty well right i think it's the screenwriter admitting like well i fell in love with this concept right a terrorism professor fights a terrorist right right he's just telling us that we are in love with that kind of story right this last week all i've been watching is you know uh audio tapes of john wayne gacy right like hearing it from his own mouth right the same thing with uh dennis niece nielsen or whatever the Mm -hmm. fucking british serial killer And I just love hearing serial killers talk about how they see this shit. We are fucking fascinated by these things. So I think what they're saying, too, is that the media are just suckers because we're suckers, right? No, that's not the media's fault that we fucking sit there like fatted calves in Wally chairs and say, feed us the bad shit. No, the media is, but the media gives, the media and also us at large give, give license for quote unquote the bad guy like we yeah. have to have a face to blame for all this you know we want the orderly storytelling right? right we are a storytelling creature well we and want this is how we do it well yeah what we want is order to the universe like right it seems like such a senseless act of violence so what is the purpose behind it well this person's disgruntled that makes total sense like this one person definitely did it because if anybody else was involved they're still out there maybe. Yeah. Like that's the other thing too is like if you get the boogeyman, you get the boogeyman. I think it it works twofold which is you need a villain, but also you need to admit that some you need to tell like you know, you need to tell your kid nothing's under the bed and nothing's in the closet and then show them that nothing's in the closet too. Like that's Yeah. That's what but the more media than and even all of a, us try to a do. boogeyman is we want a boogeyman who's been extinct, right? Like, the first thing we did as a species, right, when we started writing stories and art and this and that is, wow, we don't know how anything works, and it's scary. Let's invent God, right? So we do that, right? That covers all the unknowns, right? Society advanced a little bit. Oh, there's, like, unruly shit, and people are murdering. Uh, You know, let's invent enemy states, right? So we can go over there and fuck them up. That's them. It's over there. Right. Um, And I think as that's progressed, we're just so – 
much more refined now, right? We love the bad guy. We are obsessed with serial killers. We like the idea that it's easier for us to tell our kids, like, wow, look at that horrible thing on the news. But that guy blew up with the building, so all good. Let's all go back done. to watching uh, fucking Jeopardy, right? Because um, we don't want to actually sit and think about having to do anything about problems, right? right? It's the same thing, you know, Elon Musk buys Twitter, and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, fucking Twitter, blah, blah. He yeah. could have fixed world hunger, this and that and that. And it's like, all right, but... Like, also, we're not doing anything to fix world hunger. Like, I know he's a piece of shit. Right. But if it bothers you that much, what are we doing to fix it? Right. We don't want to actually do anything. We want to fucking name it, put it over there. Bad guy. Run away. Right. We've shown our indignation. We're all good. We move on. Uh, So I think the terrorist plot in this movie is also kind of a finger pointing at us. Yeah, totally. And I, mean, I, I don't look. know. I think maybe like that's where the their version of terrorists are coming from, too, is that they bought into this myth of the american founding as well right like it's just all these what what myth do you choose to choose to believe well it's like who do you it's so rare that well no it's like it's not rare but we always get to choose we always choose we always choose our villains and i think that's like the most the thing about and this is what i like about arlington road and not just because it's a movie about the world's worst neighbor but also (laughs) ultimately like what it is i agree Ultimately, stop, what it's about, peeping. though, what it's about, though, is the willingness we have to the willingness, the willingness we have to take something at face value yeah. and the people that aren't. And I'm not saying that anybody's necessarily wrong for like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but as we've all learned, doing your own research doesn't always necessarily <laughs> predict very Truth? few people who have said that in the last years since the pandemic are actually doing as much mailing and receiving of information as Jeff Bridges. You are not wrong. First so off. I would say, but like Jeff Bridges being the character that he is in this movie. And by the way, special shout out to, I love watching Jeff Bridges. Like I know that we all just yeah. think of him as the dude because he was the dude and he an iconic role. This is like, it's like this, the contender. Like there was a pocket in the late nineties when he was just doing these kinds of parts. White Squall. Yeah. He's so good. I just in love these Jeff Bridges. Parts. Man. Jeff Bridges is just a great actor. But this yeah. particular He was like an intense, like uncle character, right? This particular like era of Jeff Bridges, where before he like grew the dude beard and that kind of stuff. Or maybe it was after. I don't even remember when the Big Lebowski came out. But either way, Jeff Bridges is like Jeff Bridges is so good. You do buy like the emotional core value of his character. Like you buy it the entire time. No, but- the cat, the cast is phenomenal. Right. And so the performances are great yeah. and whatever the narrative is, right. is kind of silly as it gets at times. The mm-hmm. tension building is right Super. on. Super. Like they, they really hit the mark and, you know, dragging out this, this tension. Right. And I, I think the movie does a great job at all of the things that are very important to this kind of movie. Right now at the end, am I, I will not say that I was super satisfied with the Jeff Bridges done it. Everyone's going to get away, but honestly it's different. Most of these movies end with him, you know, jumping out of his car, fighting into a van, jumping away from it. Like shit that a normal guy couldn't do. Every single movie like this, like he figures it out before it becomes a thing. This is the one though where, again, I appreciate the, 
I appreciate the effort the script goes to to give me something that I was not expecting. And then also, yeah. like you're left with this, you're left with this really horrible ambiguity. Like, yeah. it's un, it's not unambiguous about like how you feel about uh, terrorism. Yeah. Well, what um, the movie's telling you is that if you do nothing and look away, uh, people die. Yes. If you try really, really hard, you die and your kid's an orphan with no mom or dad because of terrorism. And they're going to go Both of the with... parents try to fix it and die. And so gonna the movie's terrorists. specifically telling us to not take action and stop terrorism, which yeah. I think is a weird thing that the movie probably didn't mean to say. But the movie, when I watched the end of this movie and I was like, well, it's going to blow up anyways. I'm not going to fucking stick my kids in an orphanage. <laughs> right. I'll stay home and weed eat. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, I think I think that's the weird, shitty part of the ending. Right? Sure. But, you know, I, I think maybe also that's driving home to us that, uh, you know, if we don't tackle terrorism at large... We could be one of the people in any of these buildings, man. It could be anywhere. It could be us. They could be taking our kids to fucking, you know, discoverer camps or whatever. Um, I don't know, man. I just thought it was a thrilling, Great really thriller. fun ride. The cast is fucking righteous. Agreed. Um, and again, it's kind of a movie that I, I'm glad I saw now because yes. I feel like it fits in this world in a really interesting way in modern times. So. Agreed. Cool ass movie, man. That's it. For Arlington Road, that's not it. Uh, for the month of Bad Neighbors, we come back with a strange entry. Because are these neighbors bad? Or are they actually giving this lady the deal of a lifetime? In Rosemary's Baby, we're going to talk about Rosemary's Baby. Free rent? Free rent? Does that tickle your interest? I don't know. Free you rent? Want coffee and food in bed? I don't know. The coming there of is someone's that, lord? There is that kind of... You know, horrifying act in the middle. That's not great. That's but... not great. Pros and cons with Rosemary's. <laughs> I don't know. I have children that just Listen. act like devils, and I don't get anything. In Listen, bed. on this show, we like to <laughs> weigh out the pros and cons. We don't like I to sound just... like I'm a cat skill comedian when I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely my kids with devils, and I got nothing for it. Newsies. Yeah, you're definitely doing a little cat skills thing. I like it. Hey. No. Uh, an exciting, amazing film that I can't believe it took us this long to get to. Rosemary's Baby to close out. The pod has terrible neighbors month. So, again, patreon.com slash pod for more awesome content. Uh, Film Alchemist is the YouTube channel. Filmalchemistpod at gmail.com is our email find us on all the social media on leave us a five-star rating and review if you'd be so kind for the film alchemist i'm josh griffey i'm alex dandino don't be domestic terrorists folks also mind your business mind your fucking business